Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. A lot can happen in 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly 3 years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome. I think we're recording. Welcome to another episode of the Scott Gibson Show. I am Scott Gibson. No intro this week. No music. No music, no song and dance, no bells and whistles, because YouTube every time I upload a fucking video says no, that music you've got is copyrighted, and even though I got it for a fucking free-to-use, free-to-air website, YouTube still says no. You can put on videos of beheadings, you can have uh, pro-Nazi propaganda. But if you dare, dare put on a bit of audio that YouTube determines uh, to be owned by some fucking hillbilly somewhere, it's like, hey, listen, my man, we can't monetization. We can't let you monetize this episode. And I'm going, how do I monetize an episode when I've got 11 people watching Facebook? Give me a fucking break. Anyway, it's the Scott Gibson Show. We're back. We're back and we're angry. God damn it. What a week. I've got a smart meter. We'll talk about that in a second. Huh? The war's still going on. Yes, it is. Has it progressed since we last spoke? Probably not. The BBC is now resorting to showing videos of dead women and children in the streets because we are losing focus, people. The news is now becoming like the original fucking series of Big Brother Day 19 in Kiev. An industrial site's been bombed by the Russians. 14 pregnant women. I don't know what that accent is. 14 pregnant women taken by horseback because they shelled a fucking residential area. Let's get a bitch awakened, man. <laughs> it's day 19 in the war, man. Respect. Anyway, it's uh, fuck knows how many days in. We're, we're well in now. It's now that. It is now firmly part of grief porn. Wake up every morning, like I do. I am a normal person, like you, dear listener, dear viewer. I'm a normal person like you. I get up, 
I put the kettle on, I make a coffee, because without the drug of caffeine, I cannot start my day. Some drugs are acceptable. You get up in the morning, you have a strong, black, sugary coffee, acceptable. You get up and you take a line of Colombian marching powder, maybe they take the wains off you. But you get your drug of choice to get you started, to get you moving through the day's hellscape. That initial 20 minutes when your mind is not fully awakened to the horror that is another day of existence and you shuffle into your, your living area or wherever you've got a fucking TV. Some of you may be in the one room. You could be in a bed set because the cost of living's going through the fucking roof. Very soon we'll all probably be living in one fucking cupboard as we welcome every nationality a refugee in the planet to come and live with for £350 a skull a month. In the not-too-distant future, you're probably going to be better off housing refugees than actually going to work. Because you can go and do a 40-hour working week, come home and have fuck all left for it. But we may as well start to make the wars that we have caused work for us. Why not welcome Ukrainian refugees into your home for £350 a month? Why not? Eh? Everybody in the UK seems quite happy about that. I mean, God forbid you should welcome some Afghan or Syrian refugees. They're not the same colour as us. Then there's a problem. It's almost as if this is the first war that's ever happened. The first group of people who've ever had the injustice of war forced upon them. What about the fucking poor Palestinians? What about the Syrians? Eh? Millions of the fuckers, refugees. What have they done wrong? Fuck all. Eh? They just don't have a good enough marketing team. Anyway, uh, back to the episode. <laughs> this one's going to be ranty. I've got a cup of coffee on the go here, and I've even got a fucking refill pot of coffee as well. So, fuck it, strap it. Not much has happened, really. Not much has really moved forward on, on, the, on the war front. Um... We we are seeing more graphic images anyway, I think, because the BBC feels as if you, you, they are losing you. And the only way to really up the hysteria after a certain couple of days or weeks is to start firing in the dead babies, because then suddenly it picks up, you know? I got a, a notification the other day asking if I wanted to come and help load a lorry that was taking supplies over to Ukraine. And I said, uh, I think you've got the wrong number. Uh, I, unfortunately, on that day, I couldn't. Um, however, I would love to have gone. The reason why they needed volunteers, and, and here's where we get the crux of it. Here's where we get the, the crux of it. The reason why the uh, the group needed help loading the vans because a lot of volunteers let them down on the day because uh, Rangers were playing in the Europa League. <laughs> People of Ukraine, we are sending help, just not during any Champions League or Europa League matches. Because it's important to have priorities. It's it's important, in, in moments like this, it's important to have priorities. You know? Putin's no budging. He is not budging one bit. He stands by it. And, and, and the more that I look at, consume, watch... Western media, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe he knows something we don't, I'm just trying to listen, I'm just trying to look at this devil's advocate here, you know, I'm trying to see it for both, both sides of the, of the coin, 
both sides of the iron curtain, you know? You kind of just peek your face through the iron curtain and then they go, oh, in the name, and then shut the iron curtain because the iron curtain still exists. And there's, there's people on that side and there's fucking European NATO warmongers on this side. You know? So... All I'm saying is, at once, I did a photo shoot once for The Guardian. And uh, I had a PR guy at the time, uh, a wonderful human, beautiful man. And um, just as the as the photographer was getting set up, uh, they, they asked me, uh, well, my PR guy asked me, are you all right with everything? I said, I'm totally cool, man. He says, whatever they want to do, I'm, I'm totally cool with it. I said, I just don't want to do anything like, I don't want to do like stupid faces or I don't want to sit in a bath of beans. I don't even know why I said to him bath of beans. I don't know if I thought the people of Soho Theatre were going to emerge with a, a bath full of beans for me again. I don't know. That's one of my that's one of my fears is a bath of beans. I feel as if that used to be a big thing when I was young. I feel like in the early 90s, I don't know if people were coming off the back of the kind of 80s uh, you know, the kind of rave culture of the early 90s, the kind of drug scene was kind of rife. I don't know if people, if their minds had been fried and they were struggling to think of ways, uh, you know, charitable ways to raise money. I mean, God forbid the Russians had invaded Ukraine back then, although they were in uh, Afghanistan and Syria at the time, funded by the CIA, uh, as depicted in the film Charlie Wilson's War, which is a wonderful film, which you should all watch. But anyway, people used to do things like sponsored silence, you know? You get a whole lot of kids to sit silent for hours and raise money. For what? Who knows? Africans. We say, it's Africa. It's a fucking, it's a huge continent. Fuck it. You know, there's £200 for the children of Arkleston Primary School. Good luck to you. We need malaria nets. We're, 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 we're trying our best here. Sponsored silence. A sponsored walk. Uh, a sponsored uh, bake sale. And basically, to raise money in the 90s, you just put the word sponsored in front of anything. Sponsored bake sale. Sponsored cycle. Sponsored gangbang. It didn't matter. As long as I had the word sponsored in front of it, uh, everything was kosher, you know? And you'd go around uh, family and friends, would you like to sponsor me to do my sponsor? I mean, maybe you're not going to do a sponsored gangbang. Would you like to sponsor me for a sponsored gangbang? I'll pay you one pound for every person uh, in the gangbang. You would you'd be sponsored, right? And you'd take your sponsorship money and you'd do the thing and you'd you'd give your sponsorship money and we'd all feel part of something. Right? Or you would do you would do the thing and then you would go and fucking try and collect your sponsorship money like some child fucking mafia agent, you know. Uh Giuseppe. Yeah, oh, oh I shouldn't have banged the desk because now I've set a dug off. Murphy, I'm sorry. I was just banging as a sound effect. Everything's fine. I know. I'm, I'm, I, I should have told you I'm recording. I'm sorry. All right. You, you can have chicken for your dinner. Just shut up now. There we go. See, this is this is what Zelensky needs to do. You just need to find out what the Russians want and just scream in their face. You know? The dog wants chicken. I offer him chicken. He stops barking. That's probably how... You know, the, the the mafia would recruit young people. Not that I'm saying the mafia had had uh, had roots in, in the south side of Glasgow. I'm sure they did. 
I imagine if a child was to come back with a full sponsorship sheet, plus the money, he'd probably handed straight over to the uh, the, the local uh, fish and chip shop. Because it's run by Italians. Anyway, um, what was I saying? <laughs> what was I talking about? Sponsorship. Uh, sponsored silence. Sponsored what? I've no idea. What, what was I doing? Oh, uh, pictures. In the name of God. So I get the pictures taken, and uh, I, I said to my PR guy, I said, I don't really like doing, stu- I don't like doing stupid faces, and he says, not a problem. And then I came out, and uh, the woman said to me, would you poke your head through a curtain and make uh, a kind of funny face? And uh, I, I did it, you know, I said, of course, because I, I looked at him as if to say, yeah, you bastard, the very thing I said no to you, we uh, now we're doing it. And uh, anyway, I did it because my anxiety was too much and uh, she seemed like a very nice lady and I didn't want to say no to her, you know. So uh, I, I stuck my head through the curtain and I made a funny face and uh, thankfully they never used that picture, they just used the one with me sitting in a chair, you know. Looking all arty and fat. Anyway, why was I telling that story? Because the other side of the iron curtain, it all makes sense now. So, Putin has said he's going in there to get the Nazis. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's real. Maybe we need to take him at face value. Maybe he is, you know, maybe he is just going in to get the Nazis. And if that's the case, Argentina better watch their fucking backs. Because he's coming there and everybody thinks it's Belarus next. Or one of the, the Baltic ones up the top. You know, the weird the weird, weird bit that Scotland played once when they never even turned up and we just kicked off and got three points. That team up there in the, uh, in the, in the, the cold bit at the top. Them. That's where we all think he's gone. But maybe, he's, maybe he's gone on a fucking Nazi hunt. Maybe this, maybe all this, this is his. This is what it is. It's a Nazi hunt. In Ukraine. For all we know, there is Nazis in Ukraine. There's Nazis in Middlesbrough. You saw them celebrating when they won fucking Brexit. There's Nazis everywhere. Putin is like you and I. I mean, he's maybe not like you and I. You know, we're a normal height for a man. But he's he's, he's a wee guy. He's in the house and he's angry. You know? he's he's Listen, he's been snipped up in the castle for two years. The cunt's terrified. I get any fucking disease, you know? He thinks fucking Xi Jinping's a pal of his, and he's on the phone going like, you better get me an antidote for this fucking uh, COVID-19, yeah, bastard. Next minute, two years down the line, he's watched every single fucking film on Netflix. He's got nothing out to watch, so he's hit the he's hit the Nazi documentaries like everybody has over time. We've all hit that point in Netflix where we've got fuck all else to watch, so we go for it. World War Two in colour. Fucking Dunkirk in colour, Dunkirk in black and white, the Nazi war machine in full HD, Hitler's bunker, QLED, high definite, we've all done that, we've done it all, then you get into the fucking, the last Nazis, uh, the hidden Nazis, the old guys in Florida, 95 year old fucking grandpas getting dragged out of their kitchen as their family are screaming, he's like, I did not know what the ovens were, we've all seen them, maybe that's what Putin's done, He's watched every Nazi documentary there is, and he's gone, right, fuck it, do you know what? Fire up attacks, get the boys going, give them some rations. <sighs> We're going to hunt some Nazis, lads, and off they pop. To Ukraine, on a Nazi hunting stag do, and it's got out of hand. It's got out of hand. You know? Who hasn't been with a group of lads, like-minded men, 
on an adventure and it's got out of hand. I've, we've all done it. You know, uh, when we were young, we used to camp. And, and we, we went, you used to go out stealing the milk, right? So you'd, you'd get up early in the morning, I mean, you've no slept. You'd get up about five o'clock and you'd go around all the hussies and you'd steal their milk, right? And it got out of hand because we came back to the tent and made over 50 bottles of milk. It got out of hand. We've all done it, right? You get your pal drunk, you know, you handcuff it with a, a lamppost in the middle of the night, you take all his clothes off, you, you all have a good laugh and a giggle, and you leave him. And then you come back the next day and you don't realise you were outside the primary school and now he's on a register. It gets out of hand. Maybe that's where, maybe that's where Putin is, but now he's in too deep. You know, he's in too deep. He's in the fucking bunker, you know, on the, on the Cubans. Like, you fucking, you tell me there was Nazis in, now I look like a right dick. You tell me there was Nazis in Ukraine, and now I've gone on the telly like that. There's fucking Nazis there. We're sick of these Nazi bastards, and we're going to get the good Russians out. And now it finds out there isn't any fucking Nazis. There's just loads of ex heavyweight boxers and hot women. And I knew I looked like a right dick. Uh, did I say Ukraine? Gaffer, I meant Argentina, man. Oh, I'm so sorry, Gaffer. I fucking meant Argentina. What can you do? No idea. Does it look like it's going to end anytime soon? Unlikely. I imagine this will take us through to the uh, to the summer, and then uh, we'll we'll go for there. But to the good people of Ukraine, I hope you are safe, Mel. And a- any of you who do make it to the the UK, uh, you know, good luck. Uh, you know, I hope you get I hope you get nice bits. You know, I hope you hope you end up in a good bit. Uh, who, who's going to end up with uh, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch? There's a Netflix show I'd like to see. Benedict Cumberbatch uh, at the Calais port, meeting and greeting his new Ukrainian refugees, and then you know, hilarity ensues. There, there's a show. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, we've we've also had the. Uh, We've also had the footage this week of uh, Roman Abramovich allegedly on the run. I mean, hardly on the run. Uh, first class airport lounge heading out in a private jet to uh, Constantinople or Istanbul uh, to you and I to pick up his, uh, his his private yacht, which we believe at the moment, according to uh, Western media, is in uh, Turkish waters. 460 million squidlies on a fucking boat. 400 and £60 million is how much his boat is worth. A super yacht. I mean, how much How much money do you need to have that you can have a fucking a boat? Not even a house. A boat. £460 million. It's got a helipad. That's the thing. As, the, as, as Sky News was listed off, it's got a helipad. It's got an enclosed swimming pool. I would hope so. I would fucking hope so. It's got anti-missile defence technology. Again, I would hope so. It's £460 million. Right? It's no fucking Apple Mac computer. Listen, see if you want all that extra. £460 million squidlies. It's got a helipad. Good. 
I hope it's got at least five bedrooms and a pool table and a sauna and a hot tub and a couple of fucking staff on it. You know? And an LP, a little person, just for a laugh in the corner. Employ a little person full time just to stand in the corner. Why? Because I've got that kind of money and that's the kind of shit I want. <laughs> it's got a helipad. I fucking hope so. If I fall on 60 bucks, I hope he even comes with a helicopter. Anyway, Abramovich is on the run um, to his luxury fucking compound on the sea. All the galaxies are getting their hussies claimed. Um, squatters are going in. Riot police are recreating the fucking Iranian embassy siege and smashing the doors into a fifty million pound luxury villa in London. Over two million people have now fled. Putin's got his finger on the trigger. He's still searching for the Nazis. And it's fucking carnage. But hey, this is the Scott Gibson Show. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you all are all subscribing. If you don't, please do. Uh, remember the videos are now on YouTube as well, so make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. And while you're on the YouTube channel, why not check out the, the comedy special that's on there as well. Uh, Life After Death recorded live at the Glasgow stand. Give it a wee watch. Let's get the numbers of that up. Leave a comment. Share it in your posts. Give it to your pals. You know, let's, let's fucking, let's drive those numbers up. If World War Three is coming and the world is ending, let's drive those numbers up. Because we're going to a bang. Somebody said the other day, what, what would you do? You know, what would you do if there was a nuclear blast? I have absolutely no idea. What was that? I don't know what that was saying. This is why I shouldn't have my phone on when I'm trying to do this, because I get distracted too easily. What would you what would you do if there was a nuclear blast? No idea. Now, your your options are this, right? You got one or two options. You either run towards it or run away from it. Right? So you either get yourself in a position where you can be and I mean you're never going to know truly, but you can maybe get an idea of where the blast zones would be, right? And remove yourself as far as you can, if possible, from the potential blast zones. That's your first option, right? And your second option is head towards the blast zone. So you probably got to ask yourself, what do you want to do? Do you want to sit and watch as the mushroom cloud goes up and the vapor rushes towards you and then you are fucking turned to dust? Would you rather have that instantly, right? There's no if, buts, or maybes, or no. Well, what if you're like a cockroach and you survive, but you're missing one leg and half a face, and you're like half man, half fucking lizard spider creature? No, there's none of that. You're gone, right? That's option one. You go towards it, you, you sit with your loved ones, if you have anybody you love, and you have one last vision that no one else is going to get to see as the fucking cloud moves. Gone, right? Option one. Option two is, you, you head some, You need to move towards a group of people that can save you, like fucking Walking Dead, right? Hunter-gatherers. You know, if, if it happened tomorrow, there's a nuclear blast, there's no power, there's no electricity, how many of us would survive? Not many. Would I survive? Maybe a bit longer than you, only because I've got a lot of weight to lose. I've maybe got about three, four months of fat stored up like a fucking hamster that I could I could shed the poundage, right? I could drink my own piss like uh, Bear Grylls. <laughs> if I can find a fresh water stream, I can uh, eat salmon out of it 
again, like Bear Grylls, other than that, I'm fucked. Could I start a fire? Unlikely. Could I build shelter? Probably not. Do I know how to uh, correctly irrigate water so that I don't poison myself? That's a no. That's a hard no. Am I likely to be able to fortify an area to stop uh, attacks from uh, intruders like bears or cougars? Again, uh, unlikely. So what I do, I, I head towards places where, you know, I can find, uh, and let's, for want of a better word, let's call them men, to, to, to help me, to protect me, you know? And they might say, listen, we can, uh, we can give you shelter. We can build you a shelter. We can show you how to, to how to fish. You know, give a man a net. <laughs> Who's a net? Give a man a net, and he'll, he'll he'll eat and fish for a day. But teach him how to fish and how to build a net, and he'll uh, you know he'll probably die trying to get the the materials together to build that net. But you get my point. I'd be like, mate, fucking geezer fish, geezer hut, geezer wife, and then and and he'll be like, but what can you give the tribe? Because we're a tribe now. What can you give the tribe to turn up? Entertainment, you fucking dick. Entertainment. I can tell you stories and tales and jokes and laughter. You know? And then, and then on, the, uh, on the brink of possible nuclear disaster, I would say to you, what is more value? What's a more valuable commodity? The gift of laughter or a fish? I think we both know the answer to that question. Don't touch the cable, Gibble. You'll fucking cut out the mic again. <sighs> stay safe, man. That's all I'm trying to say. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay away from Helen's bra. And whatever you do, don't fucking tweet about the Russians because they're coming for you. I got a smart meter fitted the other day. And two things. One, why? And two... I would question just how smart this thing is. Now, I have, I've had a smart meter in the past. I'm not a fucking dinosaur. But I didn't think I was going to get it in this house because I'm rural, rural. And I've got, uh, I've got oil heating. So I didn't think I was going to get it. I didn't think I qualified, right? But the fucking, uh, you know, the Scottish gas, those Nazis, when is Putin coming after them? Uh, installed it, right? Now, I don't understand the smart aspect of a smart meter. Because from what I can understand, all it does is tell you how much the electricity is costing you at that moment in time and how much electricity you are using. There's nothing smart about that. I think what it's hoping is that it is going to prey on the aggressive nature of the British father. Or if you're in a house uh, without a father, uh, your aggressive mother. Because all that is doing is making me watch this fucking meter to see when it goes up. And when it goes up, I fucking lose my shit. I'll go around checking the plug. And if I find a plug at something like that's fuck. Which bastard left the fucking plug on? This is no way to live your life. This is no. This is no way to live your life. Constantly turning fucking microwaves off. 
you know, unplugging everything, unplug, take it out the wall, the classic fucking pensioner move, take it out the wall so it's still drawing the electricity, what the fuck are you talking about, my granny used to say all the time, switch it off and unplug it, if I turn it off, granny's off, d- turn it off and unplug it, no, but if it's switched off, it is still drawing power, drawing power, drawing power, like it's the fucking 1940s, and we're now beginning to draw power, and the electric bulb has been turned on in the living room. It's still drawing power. And now, fast forward fucking 30 years, I'm an adult, I find myself doing the same thing. I'm fucking unplugging everything for the wall. Unplugging everything. If it's got a plug, fucking get it out of the wall. Rushing back to the meter, thinking it's going to go right down to fuck off, and it's still drawing power, it's still drawing power, I'm like... Where is it drawing power? I don't believe it. I don't think it's real. I think it's just drawing you into a fucking state of psychosis. It's got three colours that I wish I could show you. Green, amber and red. If it ever goes to red, I'm fucking burning the Houston. It's on green and new. 33 pence a kilowatt hour. I don't even know what that means. But just last night, the fucking wee dial went up to amber. And I nearly lost my shit. I'm sitting going... What's on in this house? Nothing. I'm sitting in darkness. I don't understand it. So I think that's it. I think that's what a smart meter is. It's for an aggressive father to have something that he can tangibly show the family to go, look at the needle. It's on amber. Turn everything off. We're cooking by candlelight. <laughs> this is what it's going to get to. This is it. Petrol prices through the fucking roof. Smart meters going fucking tonto. People going out walking 10 hour days, 5 days a week, and you still can't even afford to have your fucking microwave turned on. I, I, I think we should just invade Russia, man. I think we should just fucking go for it. Fire up Trident, send it over to Moscow, man. Don't even give them warning. Kaboom, and then fucking, let's see what NATO can do. Get straight in there, surround them fucking... And just take all the oil and gas. Here's your options. Continue on the way we're going, right? And you're going to end up paying £2 a litre. £2 a litre? Or we drop a couple of nukes and a litre of fucking unleaded is six pence. What one do you want? I know what I'd vote for. <laughs> I'm going to start smoking weed, right? I've decided. Odd segue, but that's where we're moving. I'm going to start smoking weed, right? I am having one of the worst periods of mental health that I have had for quite some time, quite some time, to the point where I, uh, I'm struggling again, and I don't really know what to do, because I have had a number of different medications throughout the years, and none of it seems to work, either the two states that I find myself in are either a state of constant tiredness, so one, and I, and I want to say it was sertraline, or was sertraline the other one, and it was, I can't remember the name, anyway, I've had two different types of medication over the years, various different dosage, and one of them just made me very tired, and the other one just kind of shut part of my brain off, where I almost couldn't even have any thoughts anymore, I never, I never had any daydreams, it was, it was a very odd state of mind to be in, and I don't really want to go back down that road, but I'm I'm struggling again. I can I, I can see the the kind of red flags, the indicators. I know myself. I know my I know my body, and I know my mind. And my mind's fucked. 
I'm in a very bad place. And I can do a couple of things about it. I'm going to take a, a long break for social media soon. I've got a couple of gigs coming up in April. And uh, one in May. And then once they're done, I'm, I think I'm coming off social media for, for a good chunk. Six months to a year until I tour again. I can, deta- I can do things that can detach myself from it. But I think I'm going to start smoking weed. I think it's the right way to go. I, I, I think that... I don't think you get a depressed weed smoker, do you? I don't know many, but I don't know any that are depressed. All of, all of the great artists that I know, great comics that I admire, are, they're all fucking buffing the green. I enjoy a cigar. Maybe I need to start smoking fucking big, big weed cigars. I don't know. If there's any weed smokers out there, grass... Uh, hashish. Uh, I'm not going soap bar, right? I've got, I've got a bit of money, so I can afford the good gear. Get in touch. Here's my concerns. I don't want to be stinking a weed. It's then I can do it to make sure I don't stink a weed, right? And do I go old school, roll joints? Now, I'm quite a good joint roller. Or do I vape? And if I vape, what do I do? So, I hear my move. If there's any weed smokers out there, hey, you know, get in touch. BigScottGibson.com, drop me a message. Let me know what I should get, where I need to get it to start fucking smoking the green. Maybe it'll be good for writing. Maybe it'll open up my mind to an alternative universe and I'll start to understand things more. You know, let's give it a fucking go because it can't get any worse than what we're at the new. And I'm sure there is a thing out there for mental health. In fact, I've got a wee article here. Cannabis, uh, marijuana, good or bad? Question mark. Caught in the National Institute of Health, uh, people have used marijuana to treat their ailments for at least 3,000 years. Oh, there you go then. Tale as old as time, talking to take away the pain. Uh, however, the Food and Drug Administration, who the fuck are they guys, uh, have not deemed cannabis safe or effective in the treatment of any medical condition. Though they can fuck off. Although cannab- cannabidoil, cannabidoil, Cannabidiol, a substance that is present in cannabis, received approval in June 2018 as a treatment for some types of epilepsy. I think everybody can agree now that, you know, cannabis is good for you. Uh, 29 states plus the District of Columbia have now made cannabis available for medical and in some states recreational purpose. A recent study, trusted source, published in the journal... Addiction also found that use of cannabis is increasingly sharply across the United States, although this rise may not be linked to the legalisation of cannabis in participating states. Um, what, are, what are the benefits of cannabis? Over the years, research has yielded results to suggest that cannabis may be of benefit in the treatment of some conditions. Depression, post-traumatic stress disorder and social anxiety. The, I mean, that's, I mean that's, that's me in a nutshell. Depression. Hello, post-traumatic stress disorder. Yes, please. And social anxiety. Thank you. There's your hat trick. The review published in Clinical Psychology assessed all published scientific literature and investigated the use of cannabis to treat symptoms of mental illness. Its authors found some evidence supporting the use of cannabis to relieve depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. That being said, they caution that cannabis is not an appropriate treatment for some mental health conditions such as bipolar disorder or psychosis. Psychosis! I've no got psychosis, mate! I'm fucking depressed! And according to you, 
Boom. It's in there. Epilepsy, uh, else? mental health problems, daily cannabis use is believed to exacerbate existing symptoms of bipolar. No go bipolar. Uh, schizophrenia, no good that either. So is, is cannabis good for you? Fucking yes it is. I think we need to start, I think we need to start moment. <coughs> I think we need to start. I think we need to start. I just don't want, I want to, I want to have a state of calm and I kind of, you know, open my mind and travel through the, the dimensions of the, the, the past kingdoms of the Incas, my man, know what I mean? <laughs> what it is, right, mate, is I'm pro, I'm, I'm heavy depressed, my man, right? Heavy depressed, my man, I've had some fucking pretty mental shit going on. And I just want to get in touch with, like, you know, the, the Aztecs and that, mate. The ayahuasca's, the DMT's, peyote uh, in my mind, know what I mean? So I thought, start by the green, right? The green brigade, and then I'll be like, yeah, mate, any chance I can get a bus to go on a peyote fucking trip down the Amazon? That's what we're going to get to. So, anybody out there smokes, get in touch. Tell me what I need. Where do I get it? How do I start? I just don't want to be fucking stinking a weed. It's my only concern. Get in touch. Right, let's do some news, man. How how far into this thing are we? Uh, God knows, because we forgot to start the fucking clock. Um, right, let's go for this one. Uh, the Ukrainian protester. Many have seen this by now. This fucking poor bastard, man. Uh, Russian protesters storm state TV news to shout no to war. Uh, I, I, I haven't read the full article yet. We'll read it in a minute. From what I understand, the woman who is behind... The sign holding the sign up saying no to war. I think it's a producer on the Russian state um, news show, news channel. Her father, I believe, is Ukrainian or her mother. She's definitely a Ukrainian parent. And she held a sign up. She has since been uh, arrested uh, by the uh, Russian state police. And she's uh, she's fucking offsky. Um, she, believe it or not, she's actually tweeted to say that She's finally spoken to a lawyer. She's been told that she's likely to face prison time of five to ten, five to ten years, according to the law that's currently in place. I don't think you're going to see her again, man. I don't think you're going to see her again. She's going to be sent to Siberia and she's going to fucking starve herself to death. I think that is it. I think you're going to get flung in a cell hen and you're not going to be seen again, and it's a horrible, horrible thing that's happening, but that's the way it is, right, and it's a desperate time, and it does make me think, what is the fucking point, and I know that's a bad way to have it, a bad view to have, because there should be protest, and you should make a stand, this is, I mean, we're having to unplug Alexis now, fucking get out to fuck, you should be able to make a stand, uh, you know, against these things, and speak up about these things, But is is this uh is this, is this something we possibly don't fully understand in in the UK, the current situation in Russia, because we are able to protest, you know we are able to, somebody in this country could go on the BBC, and hold up a sign saying no to war, and they wouldn't be put in prison, they probably wouldn't lose their job over it, but the the, the stark reality is that that young woman will probably never be seen again. She'll probably be killed. 
in a Russian prison somewhere. She'll probably be made to disappear. Two things. One, what impact has that protest had? I would argue very little. We will be talking about it here. It will not be discussed in Russia. And I'll say this, we will be talking about it here. I am talking about it on this podcast. News channels have been talking about it all day. Tomorrow, 24 hours later, it's done. It is spoken about no more. We are not asking how she is. We're not keeping in touch with the track. It's done. What I'm, what I'm trying to get at, what I'm trying to say is, if people in Russia are going to protest or they are going to try and do something to combat their government from within, I don't think this is the way to do it. And certainly doing individual protests in small numbers or one-on-one is going to get you nowhere because they will just take you away, they'll charge you with some made-up crime and you'll fucking disappear. Let's see what's been said here. Um, <coughs> excuse me. An editor uh, on one of the Kremlin's main propaganda TV stations has staged a remarkable protest against the war in Ukraine. Marina Osankova. Gate crashed the main evening news show on Channel One, a mouthpiece for Vladimir Putin's regime. She held up a sign behind the presenter which read, No war, stop the war, don't believe propaganda, they are lying to you here. She is fucked. The protester could be seen and heard saying stop the war for several seconds before the channel switched to a different report to remove her from the screen. Independent protest monitoring group OVD identified her as an employee of the channel. Pavel Chikov, good name, head of Russian-based human rights group Agora, also confirmed her identity. He said she is in police custody, but said the police are hiding her from a lawyer sent by the group. In a video apparently posted online, Mrs. Miss Osanyakova, I do apologise, before the protest she said, what's happening in Ukraine is a crime, and Russia is the aggressor. The responsibility for the aggression lies with one man, Vladimir Putin. She is toast. She said she is Ukrainian and Russian heritage and described the war as fractical. I don't even know what that means. Before apologising for working for the propaganda station previously. Russian news agency TASS has say, say she may face charges under a law against discrediting the armed forces, citing a law enforcement source under strict new laws passed after the invasion of Ukraine. Speaking out against the war can lead Russians up to 15 years in prison. In the name of the V-Man. Here's, let me just say something on this, right? It's, uh, it's fucking horrendous. Listen, it is horrendous, horrific, beyond words what is happening in Ukraine. Beyond explanation. Horrible. And what's happening in Russia with regards to people protesting, people disappearing, people being arrested, people being imprisoned, is equally horrific. But this is not the first time that Russia has done something. Yes, you could argue it's the first time that, that Russia has done something on this scale to white people, but it's certainly not the first time that Russia has shown its aggression towards a, a different state. 
but yet people have worked for the Russian state press for many years and have worked for Russian state press during that conflict, during conflicts in Syria, when they have sold arms to numerous countries across the earth that have been used for bombing campaigns, that have been used for civil wars. But now people choose to... I suppose everybody's got a breaking point, ain't they? But then is this when the, the hypocrisy or something step in to go, you know, is the is the treatment of Palestinians or the bombing of Syrians as other civil wars, is that acceptable? But this is the one that, you know, finally people break on. You know, I mean, the woman's been working for what has been described as the, the state-led news broadcaster for years. I don't know. But anyway, poor woman, man. I don't imagine we'll be kept up to date. I don't imagine we'll ever hear about it again. It's the same way there was a news story around the BBC a week ago, certainly no more than two weeks ago, where the woman who was 84 years of age being dragged away outside the Kremlin. Where the fuck is she? Tucked up in bed watching reruns of Only Fools and Horses. I think not. She's in Siberia and fucking sucks. For fuck's sake. Anyway, good, good luck to you, Hen. Whatever happens, I hope... Uh, I hope you're alright. You seem like a decent laugh. You know? You seem like you're up for a good laugh. Did nobody think to stop her? Right? This is my this is my other thing. Did nobody think to stop her? At any point, you know? Did did nobody go, what the fuck are you doing? She uh, even if she'd made the sign at hope. Now imagine she made the sign at work. Imagine she's sitting at the desk. Anybody got a fucking a zero bit of card. A zero is fucking a big, big fucking bit of card. Ah, you'll get one in the uh, the arts and crafts cupboard. The arts, and, I'm sure they've got an arts and crafts cupboard, right? She came back with some glitter, a blue pen, a yellow pen. I mean, a blue pen, a yellow pen. Did that soon no set alarm bells ringing? Uh, we 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 did with a blue and yellow pen then. Hen. Uh, I'm just it's a it's a, a it's a mood chart. For a piece that I'm doing next week about the uh, McDonald's getting shut down in in, uh, in in the Kremlin, you know? All right. So you're telling me this lassie's wet away, written up a big fucking placard. No war. They're talking shite, these bastards. They're fucking lying to you. Drawing a Ukrainian flag on it. Somehow managed to sneak a massive bit of card onto set and nobody fucking stopped her. Nobody stopped her. Nobody for a minute went, what the fuck are you doing? I've got to date, man. My father's Ukrainian and the bastards are fucking lying. We've lied to them all the time. We told them that fucking Putin can fight a bear. Putting the fucking sign down, you moron. This is this is real life. No, I've got to... I'm telling you. The, what do you think's going to happen? Do you think they're going to fucking cut to Putin in the Kremlin? He's going, what, do you know what, you're right, we're lying to these bastards, that's the uh, end of war, come home boys, we're really sorry. No, you're going to get dragged away, the KGB's going to use fucking trained hamsters to rip your fingernails off, and you're going to disappear to Siberia, and you're going to eat fucking your own piss and boiled in snow for ten years, and then you'll finally some come to the cold. So put the fucking sign down and shut the fuck up. Did nobody try and stop her? I remember they went, fuck her. It's your funeral, head. literally, it's your funeral. Off you pop. She's like, no to war. Boom, KGB. Da, 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 da. Gone. Anyway, get out and protest, you know. Good, <laughs> good fucking luck to you. 
Right, I don't know what time is. I don't know how long we've been doing. I'm trying to look at my phone. I feel like I've got a snotter in there, but it's just it's, nothing's wanting to come out. Could be COVID. Is COVID even still about? Has anybody got COVID? That's a great idea, man. Get yourself into a charity shop, right? And get an old-fashioned fucking tea, coffee thing, whatever that says. It's brilliant, man. Keeps your coffee warm. It's fucking cracking. Right. New story to finish up. This was sent to me by uh, Stephen Harry Wilson. Thank you very much indeed for doing that. He sent it to me on Instagram. If you've got any stories or topics you want me to discuss, fire them over. If you ever find a wee story and you think, oh, that's right up the big man street, send it over. And Stephen Harry Wilson has done just that. I haven't read the article. I don't know anything about it. We'll read it together. I just know the headline. And the headline is this. Indiana egg farmer transported to hospital with a live adult chicken stuck in his rectal cavity. Now, it's a big headline. Let me read that again. Indiana, so he's American, egg farmer transported to hospital with a live adult chicken stuck in his rectal cavity. Now, but a look at that, it's either a big boy or a big fucking chicken he's got stuck in there. Either way, there's questions need to be asked. Even with the headline alone, this is going to be a fucking beauty. I hope it is. Or it could be a cry for help and it's quite a sad, distressing story. I don't know yet. Here we go. Strap in, kids. A chicken stuck up his ass. This is this is the difference between American press. I don't know if the Americans have like a kind of a Daily Star or like a Daily Sport equivalent newspaper. I don't even know if the Daily Star and the Daily Sport are still a thing. Because our headline would be uh, egg farmer sticks a chicken up his ass, whereas in America it's like Indiana egg farmer uh, live chicken in his rectal cavity up his fucking shite box. <laughs> he's got a chicken up his shite box and he's fucked tube. Front page, front page of Daily Sport. Sandra, age 26, fucking 38, triple D, tells us her view on the Ukrainian war front and egg farmer sticks a chicken up his fart box. That would be the whole front page of the paper and it fucking fly off his shelves. Not in America, they're trying to be real journalists. It's stuck in his rectal cavity. What, what will we say? I've got a cracking story, gaffer. Hold the, hold the front page. Hold the front page. What's happening here? Uh, Vladimir Putin says that he's found Nazis in Argentina. Right, where else have we got? I'm fucking sick of the war. Two million refugees have now fled. Nah, next. Right, I've got one for you, gaffer. Hold the fucking front page. An Indiana egg farmer stuck a chicken up his fart box. Well, we can't say fart box. Shit bucket. Can't say shit bucket of paper. Farter. Can't say farter. A rectal cavity. That'll do. Here we go. Strap in. Full live chicken up your fart box. Here we go. A farm owner. Straight away, at least he owns the farm. It would have been worse if he'd snuck on. Right? It would be worse if he'd snuck onto the farm and taken a live chicken and put up his fart box. He owns the farm. I'm not a legal expert. I imagine technically the chicken is his property. 
So is there any real difference between the chicken and a bottle of tomato sauce? I don't, again, I'm not a legal expert. Not a legal expert. I imagine if this headline was Indiana egg farmer sticks bottle of tomato sauce up his fart box, we probably wouldn't be discussing it right now. But if he owns a farm, is the chicken technically his property? And hence, can he stick up his shite without any legal uh, repercussion? I don't know. Answers in a postcard. A farm owner from Shelbyville. What a name. So something that Simpsons in Indiana was transported to the hospital in a critical condition late last night already. They've had a few too many beers. They've been in the fucking coop. <laughs> Unless, by the looks the size of the guy, maybe he fell on the chicken and it disappeared up his fart box. Enemy gibble. Let's read on. Uh, transported to the hospital in a critical condition late last night with an extremely agitated... Oh. <laughs> with an extremely agitated hen. More than half buried in his rectum. Wow. I mean, if I found myself half buried in a large gentleman's rectum, I think I would be agitated as well. What a word. <laughs> this is why I'd never be I'd never be a journalist. I'd be like, a fucking terrified chicken was stuck in a man's fart box. <laughs> Whereas a real journalist has gone, uh, an agitated hen. <laughs> An agitated hen. That's the title of this episode. An agitated hen. Uh, upon arrival on the, at the hospital, they found 57-year-old, gives of his name, Christopher Adams. Get on fucking uh, Facebook for that kid. Send him a message. Christopher Adams from Indiana, Shelbyville. Uh, they found him drunk and inebriated. Bloodied and naked on the hen house floor. And then the name of the wee man. Let me read that again. In fact, I've missed I've missed a whole bit out. I'm getting that excited about this story. I've missed about it. Around 11:30 p.m. last night, Shelby County paramedics were called to answer a medical emergency concerning a serious accident involving a farm animal. Now, maybe they're thinking a cow's. Uh, he's stuck in a fence a bull has escaped and it's terrorising no there's a chicken up my dad's arse something rather frequent in the rural area I can imagine upon arriving on the site this is the Shelby County paramedics they found 57 year old Christopher Adams drunk bloodied and naked on a hen house floor with a loudly clucking five pound chicken sticking out of his rectum in the name of the wee man. The paramedics briefly tried to remove the agitated bird, still agitated, from its uncomfortable position. Uncomfortable position. Stuck halfway up a guy's fart box. Now, there may be some men out there who are more than comfortable, if not happy, to be halfway up a fart box, but not a chicken, not a five pound hen. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, briefly tried to remove the agitated bird from his uncomfortable position but to no avail and decided to transport Mr Adams and the bird to the major hospital ah! they've turned up they've fucking heard screams they've knocked open the hen house door and there is a big fat naked farmer 
bloodied as if there's been a fight. As if he's been steaming drunk, he's been in the house cell, he's fucking tanned a couple of cheeky white wines and he's went, you know what, fucking I'm sick of the hens, man. He's went into that hen house, stripped to the fucking buffy suit and then set about them. Now, is this a fight that's got a hand? You know? Has, has he been, has he been, I was going to say, has he been choking the chicken? <laughs> has he been fighting with a couple of chickens? I'm fucking sick of you bastards, man. And one chicken's went, do you know what? Because, listen, we've all done it. Most women will do it to their partners. You know, men are terrified to walk up a flight of stairs in front of their partner in case she fucking tries to jab their arsehole. Maybe he's been fighting with a few of the chickens and the fucking, the wee chickens in the back went, fucking, and it's just made her run head first right out of the fart box and he's got himself stuck I don't know will we ever know let's read on according to Dr Arolis who extracted the bird after an extremely delicate 7 hour surgical intervention holy fucking shit that's the same time I was in surgery for so let's put it this way it's how bad the situation is here I was in surgery for 7 hours to remove uh, aneurysm from my brain. The same length of time it's taken to get half a chicken out of this guy's fart box. Both the man and the animal would have died if they'd waited longer. Good lord. He's literally saved two birds who aren't still there. The bird was dying of suffocation. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, it was in head first. The bird was dying of suffocation when it got here. It had already badly lacerated the patient's bowels in the name of fuck in a desperate attempt to get out and was still gashing at it like crazy. Oh my fucking god. Now, is this a fight that's got out of hand between a farmer and his livestock? Or is this some kind of weird Richard Gear hamster in a pipe? Chicken up the arsehole situation here. This is not for me to decide. This is for you, the viewer, to make up your own mind. Is this a guy who's, you know, maybe he's lost money in the egg game? Maybe the, the chickens aren't laying as much? You know, the wife's left him. She's she's taking the wains. You know, he's in the big farmhouse all on his own. He's got nothing to show for it apart for these fucking chickens. And he's gone in there to give them a bit of what for. He's gave him a big speech. He's better start laying more eggs. I'm fucking sick of this. There's got to be changes in here. And the chickens have went, you know what, you bastard? Fuck you. Dragged him to the ground, stripped him naked, and they've fired up his arsehole. Is that what's happened? Or has he been online in some kind of dark web Reddit rabbit hole and he's found something about Richard Gere putting gerbils up his arse and their wee tiny hands scratching the inside of your anus brings you kind of a, a new level of pleasure. And he's thought, maybe I don't have hamsters or, or gerbils, but I've got fucking hunters of chickens. I've got a, a whole coop full of chickens. And he's fired one up his fart box and he's, uh, you know, he's found himself unconscious on and, and the, the hen coop floor. I don't know. The hen was... Uh, this is... This is, this is the hen was finally extracted around 7.30 a.m., suffering only minor physical injuries from its ordeal while Mr. Adams um, necessitated seven blood transfusions and more than 780 stitches. Dr. Thomas says it's a miracle that both the farmer and his animal are still alive. I don't imagine they speak. I imagine that chicken has to go to another farm to live or is possibly now a bowl of soup. Dr. Thomas also questioned 
what caused the board to get stuck there in the first place, as are we, Dr. Thomas, as are we. Dr. Thomas went on to say, I don't really know how the bird got there, both getting it out was so complicated and damaging that I can't imagine that getting it in could have been any easier. Dr. Thomas, who extracted the hen from Mr. Adams' rectal cavity, says it's a miracle that both the man and the animal survived. Mr. Adams hasn't regained consciousness yet to explain his version. <laughs> Every time that fucking journalist goes back up to speak to him, right, I'm going to go up to that hospital and I'm going to find it. Right, you fat bastard. How the fuck did that chicken get stuck in your ass? He just pretends he's unconscious. You told me he was conscious. He's been caught. He's been eating. He's been conscious all day. How is it every time I turn up here to ask him how he got that chicken halfway up his rectal cavity? He's always unconscious, eh? Explain that to me. Uh, both the Shelby Courts Sheriff Department and the American, so the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, the, a the ASPCA, have both launched investigations on the incident. The ASPCA has taken the hen in custody. Thank God for that. It's down a safe house. It's gone from the hen house to a safe house. <laughs> the ASPCA has taken the hen into custody for the duration of its investigation and will treat it for possible symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. It's also in discussions with Netflix for a six-part series and has signed a book, a book deal with Penguin Publications. Stephen Harry Wilson, what a story. What a story. To the hen, I hope you find happiness in your new life. And to Mr. Adams, the farmer, uh, I think you you should have your farm removed. I wouldn't be... I, wouldn't be, I was just about to say, I wouldn't want to eat any of those eggs. But then maybe that's the thing that separates you from the different farm, right? Maybe you're in there and you're saying to yourself, because eggs are all the same. You see, In the supermarket, there's a wall of eggs, right? And you try and look for the one that's, that's free-ranged, you know, and it's lived outside and it gets to smoke fucking weed and have ayahuasca trips and it's a peyote party, right? And it's got a nice uh, box and it looks good and you think to yourself, oh, these chickens are probably well looked after. I'll get six of those eggs. You're like, £4.20, you can go and get yourself to fuck. Where's the chickens that have been stuck up my father's arse? 49 pence for a dozen. They'll do me lovely. Maybe that's how he separates his business. Gets his life back on track again. You know, starts shifting the eggs. The wife comes in, she brings the wains, and they're all reunited again. Just, you know, every time he farts, he whistles. I don't know, but... <sighs> Christopher Adams. Christopher Adams, 57-year-old egg farmer. Shelbyville, Indiana. Find that man. Send him a message. Ask him if he sells eggs online. God almighty, what a story. Right, Stevie boy, thanks for that, mate. Any more, send them over. Right, that's us. We're going to wrap this one up. No idea of the time. Don't know where we are. But uh, thank you for listening. Uh, podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. It's fucking everywhere. Wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to the show. Uh, you will get every single episode as it drops. If you want some extra content, go on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. There is episodes that come out there. Uh, I would say once a week, but we missed last Sunday. So... You know, you'll you'll get at least three a month extra on the uh, on the Patreon. You can sign up for four quid. It helps support me and a great deal. So please do so uh, if you enjoy it. Uh, videos are now on YouTube as well. Uh, go to youtube.com forward slash. I think it's youtube.com 
forward slash forward slash C forward slash Big Scott Gibson. So it's like channel Big Scott Gibson. Anyway, youtube.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. You'll find it. Go to the website, bigscottgibson.com because all the links are on there. Get some tickets to the live shows. Come out and see me. We've only got a couple left and then we're going on a fucking break and we're going to write some new stuff and take some time off and focus on the podcast. So do that. Subscribe. Watch the videos. Share them in your socials. Help grow the numbers. Stay safe. Wash your hands and your arsehole. And I will uh, I'll see you in a battlefield very soon. All right, team. Good luck, cheese. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Onwards. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.